The other day I was feeling rough. I was feeling low and I was feeling unspiritual. And as much as I wanted to connect with God, it was hard to know how, and it was hard to feel like I had the capacity. Now, at the start of one particular day, I ended up having a really great conversation with a friend of mine named Paul. During that time, we were talking about those moments where we just feel depressed, and we feel like we are failing God. And we wondered if those times are actually a part of our humanity. How can we learn to not just exist, but to step even in the times when things are not only not good, but don't really show signs of getting better anytime soon? How do we still seek God even when we don't have the capacity? Well, after a conversation like that, I kind of have to do something about it. And so I did the, the very least that I could, which was before I started driving, I said, God, order my steps. It's a prayer I've prayed before and God's shown up before. So I prayed it and I started driving and and tried to follow any nudges that I sensed, whether it was just my imagination or possibly God. Well, it's a story I won't tell here, but you can find it on our Instagram. But the, the short version is God sent me past this woman in a wheelchair and ended up inviting me to connect with her in an interaction that she said blessed her, but it, it blessed me just as much, if not more. It was incredibly life-giving. And this is the important piece. Everything that happened in that interaction wasn't because I was good or that I had done anything good. Because remember, I had no capacity. I was feeling low. I was feeling unspiritual. The big difference was I was willing to still step. I was willing to still say, God, here I am. And so instead of it needing to come from my capacity, God did something from his capacity. Now this episode is special. We've been going through this questioning series And there are many of you listening to this who have experienced doubt before and who have experienced those low moments of depression or pain or hurt or fear. And the other day, I felt God inviting me to reach out to my friend Sarah Labrini. Sarah Labrini is an incredible musician, but but more than her vocal skills, she has an incredible relationship with God that she is sharing that's allowing us to, to hear what it looks like to step towards God when things are rough. She's about to release an album called Strength Again. You're going to find out why it's called that in this episode. And one of those songs by that name talks about being hollowed out to the roots. Have you ever felt like that before? Like you were completely hollowed out all the way to your roots and nothing can bring you back except God can bring strength again. I'm excited for you to hear this episode, but I want you to be encouraged because no matter what you're experiencing, God can bring strength again. In fact, be sure to stick around to the end of the episode so that you can hear a sneak peek of Sarah's amazing song, Strength Again. You're listening to episode 56 of the Where Did You See God podcast. Father God, I just thank you that you are God and you are good. And I just thank you for moments like this where it's clear that you are up to something and you're orchestrating something. Um, I just thank you for Sarah and the journey that she's been on, but especially uh, in, in the recording of this album and just the journey that she's been on with you. And I thank you for the gift of being able to hear her story. Um, but right now, we just thank you that You are present, active, and speaking, and so we just invite the Holy Spirit to speak. Um, Whatever you want said in this time, we just pray that you would say it. Um, And so, yeah, guide our words, guide this time, and we pray in all of it that you would be glorified. All this we pray in your most holy name. Amen. Amen. So I am, uh, as always, excited, (laughs) but I'm excited to have Sarah on for a number of reasons. Uh, Gosh, we've known each other for, I don't know, three, four years whenever you did the internship, I guess. It'll be, yeah, it'll be five years this summer. I can't believe it. I did it, the internship in 2016. And so you did the Urban Doxology songwriting internship, which is always an amazing thing. And we've stayed in touch over the years in various ways. You've been an encouragement to me a number of times. I remember there was a wedding, the the right wedding, (laughs) where you came and were sharing 
um, how things that were on the podcast had encouraged you. So you've been an encouragement to me. Sarah has been working on an album and you'll hear more about that. But she recently sent out an update, getting really open uh, and vulnerable about how the process has been a hard journey in of itself. And even the process of knowing who God is in the midst of that. And so I read that and, you know, this doesn't happen all the time, but there are moments in the podcast where I just feel like God is not just giving a nudge, but a push to say, hey, reach out to that person. And so it had been a while since I had felt that. And then I felt like I needed to reach out to you, Sarah. <laughs> and so here we are. And so yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going to come out of this episode, but I know you have a powerful story that you're still in the midst of. Yeah. So my name is Sarah Labrini. Also, my shoulder cracks. So you, <laughs> and I. <laughs> that was a legitimate crack. I can't. I can't stop it. It's involuntary. So like, I'm the next time I move my arm, I, when I know the pressure is building up, I know it's just going to crack, and I can't do anything about it. So sorry. So this I, will be an Easter egg in the episode. Count how many times you hear the. <laughs> Hopefully, it doesn't make your microphone clip. Yeah. <laughs> but um. I grew up in Northern Virginia, right outside of DC, and um, I moved to Richmond almost four years ago after I graduated from college. I've always kind of known that the Lord had something for me to do that was special in a way. I think a lot of us have that sense and don't really know what it is for a long time. But when I was, I guess in middle school, things started to happen in my family that were just all over the place, things that were really difficult. And um, I grew up in a home, not a Christian home, but like I grew up with a Muslim dad and a Christian mom. The, the way that I heard the gospel was basically, I went to a Christian elementary school and I heard the gospel there. And at, so I was saved at probably like eight years old but it wasn't until all this stuff happened in my family in middle school that turned my life upside down, that my faith kind of really took off on a personal level. It really like meant something to me because suddenly I really needed God. Mm. I knew that I needed God. I always needed him, but I suddenly realized I really needed God. Mm -hmm. So over the course of the next several years in high school, between my ninth grade year and 10th grade year of high school. In the course of one month, my parents divorced. We lost our house to foreclosure. My parents were looking for jobs. My grandmother passed away at the same time. And my other grandmother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Wow. And just like under the stress of all of that, I ended up losing my memory. So it wasn't like an immediate thing, but mm -hmm. kind of over years and years of like three years of just stress building up and me kind of pushing myself through it, I started to forget a lot of things. And just maybe that was a defense mechanism so that I wouldn't remember all of the traumatic things, but it was very intense. But that was when my relationship with God really took off because I just remember feeling like the Holy Spirit was telling me I have a reason for all of this and it's going to be okay like there I'm going to use all of this for good so my verse like the verse that always stuck out to me in the Bible was Romans eight twenty eight, where it talks about God using anything like he can use anything for good and for his purposes. And so that's kind of what got me through that time. And I just, I wasn't really able to experience it emotionally at the time. Like I wasn't able to experience what was happening. So I kind of just shut everything out so that I could get through high school. Yeah. But then in college, during my second year of college, I finally started to like experience depression and really terrible um, health issues. And it just kind of all suddenly, like all the stuff I'd gone through in the past kind of started coming out of me. I, I say all of that because when all that stuff happened in my family in middle school and high school, I didn't really have any 
Christian friends or a church or anything. Mm -hmm. So the way that I found Christian friends and community was by listening to the Christian radio station (laughs) in Northern Virginia. Mm -hmm. So that was 91.9, WGTS 91.9. And so I would sit in my room and listen to that and just would feel like the Holy Spirit so strongly. I'd feel his God's presence and all through middle school and high school, listening to Christian music was basically like this anchor for me because that's what I really needed at the time and God really used it. And so I just kind of started developing this passion to not just make music, which I'd felt for most of my life I was designed to make music, but to make recorded music because it can reach people who were lonely and who didn't have the ability to go to church or access to other people who were believers. And it would give them something to use to talk with God. Mm. So that was really powerful for me. And I just, I really believe that what God does in you He wants to do through you and he uses the things that happen in your life to do similar things to encourage other people. So you were on this journey of knowing about God to being brought to a place of it becoming more personal to family tragedy leading you to understand God as someone that you could depend on. And I really love that piece about what has drawn you to create music, that it's not simply that you love to make music. It's not uh, that you want to be famous. What you described as the driver is you knew what it meant for you to have, it was almost like the the artist was with you in your struggle and, and bringing God into that in the midst of that and you desire to bring that to others. It makes me think of the verse to, you know, where I think it's Paul, the apostle Paul saying, you know, God's cause to comfort others with the comfort that we've received. Yeah. And that verse actually is kind of the key verse. Second Corinthians one, four, he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Mm-hmm. That's the theme, I think, of my musical life, at least right now. I really feel drawn my whole life. I felt like this, but I, whenever I see a need or somebody hurting, my eyes are just open to them. It's something I think, you know, God gives everybody eyes to see different kinds of people. Those are the people that I just naturally see. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm very sure that all the stuff that I went through was part of how he developed that in me is just to see other people who are hurting and to want to help them in the ways that I can. So that's definitely the verse that I would say shapes my music the most. The way that I actually started making my music is kind of interesting. I've always made, I've always written songs. Like even when I was a little kid, I would scooter around my cul-de-sac and I would sing. Like people would, I remember my neighbors coming out one day and telling me that I had inspired their grandchildren to start singing because every day they'd hear me singing on my scooter, which is kind of funny because I'm sure I didn't sound that great. Um, But Mostly the reason that I wrote the songs that I wrote is because I wanted to listen to something like that and I just couldn't find it. Mm. Not because it didn't necessarily exist, but maybe I just didn't know where it was in the world. So I was like, okay, I'll just write the song. I never really told people that I wrote music Mm. or really shared it with people. I think my mom probably knew and maybe a couple friends. I mean, the first time I ever told any friend that I wrote music was in fifth grade and we were at a sleepover and I pulled my friend into the bathroom, my best friend at the time. And I was like, hey, 
I've been writing this this song and I pulled out my lyrics from my notebook and I and I sang it for her and I don't even remember what the response was but that was like it was so secretive for me because I was always discouraged from being a musician um, as a career as a hobby it was totally fine but like don't make it a career So I think I just kind of always felt ashamed a little bit because I knew like in my heart that God was leading me to do it, but I didn't feel like I could really tell people that. So I went the medical route, the like science math route in school, Mm -hmm. and I kept writing songs because every time I would experience anything in life, and still it's just kind of what I naturally do. Like I can't experience something and that's really devastating and not write a song. I went through high school and beginning of college with the intent to go to a really good college and study science, the sciences and possibly go into medical research. That was kind of my path. And I started at UVA, University of Virginia, interested in neuroscience. So I started taking um, the prereqs for that. At the end of that year, I got mono and I didn't know I got mono. And it kind of set off in my body some sort of reaction that started a chronic illness for four years. And long story short, my doctors never found out what that was. But because I got really sick, I wasn't able to read for more than 20 minutes at a time without falling asleep. So I couldn't do the classes I needed to do for neuroscience. I couldn't read uh, biology books and stuff, even though I was interested in it. But really the whole time, it's like I had that interest, but it wasn't my passion. Like it was, it was totally something I would want to do because it would be helpful to people. I love the medical field, but it wasn't really what I wanted to do. So when I finally realized, okay, I have to readjust my plan, I started um, going the more mathy route, which opened up some room for me to take other classes with the neuroscience stuff I would have been taking a full course load, there would be no room to take other classes. So I let myself take a music class. So I took music theory in college in my second year. And that started a journey of me double majoring in music. And I got really, I, that was kind of when I, I started sharing my music with people. And loud. <laughs> I know. That's my shoulder cracking. Um, It's, you know, when I went to the recording studio for this album, we would, it would almost be like every single song we'd finish right after we, I finished the last note, it would crack or sometimes after a verse. So we have, we have like these recordings from the studio with my shoulder clicking and um, Nick said he was going to like find a way to use that rhythmically or something. (laughs) When I started taking music classes, I started sharing my music that I wrote with other people. I took a songwriting class in college that required us to do that. And our professor actually made us create a SoundCloud, which is just like an online platform to post your music. And anybody can listen to it. I wrote a song called Flower Vases. It was an assignment for the class and you piece together a bunch of random words. You can do it a couple different ways. You can take a newspaper and cut out different words or take anything and just pull words or like little phrases and write lyrics and then put a melody to it. Well, I actually came up with a really good song from it. And I didn't know anything about recording. So literally I just opened my MacBook and pressed record on GarageBand and played on my like little old keyboard that my friend had given me for free. And it was really great. <laughs> it's still on my SoundCloud. The last of the-
My professor really encouraged me. He was very surprised because he did he'd never heard me sing and he'd never heard my songs and he just really was a big encouragement. So I started sharing more of my music with people. You know, it would be like every time I write a song, God would just bring people into my life that week who related to that topic the song was about. I can't even tell you how many people I've sent my song Only Lord Knows to. Like the, the week that I wrote that song, I came across like three people who had just lost someone they love. And that the song is about we all experience being on the other side of a conversation with somebody who's grieving. And sometimes we want to be able to empathize with that person, but we just don't know how because we've never experienced what they're experiencing. And so it's kind of like a message for the caregivers almost. It's not necessarily for the person who lost someone, but for people who who want to help but don't know how. I mean, I've had the chance to send that to a lot of friends and that's just kind of how it all started in college was basically allowing myself to do the thing that I believe God made me to do. Mm -hmm. What's interesting about your story is it seems like there throughout the story, there was a willingness to seek God. And also throughout the story, there are hard hits. <laughs> I mean, being knocked out of commission for several years with a mystery illness, like losing your memory, like these are really hard hits. You mentioned that part of that was learning how to depend on God. What was your journey like in learning who God was? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think it's one that I felt pretty confident about answering up until the last several months because I think God's maybe showing me all over again. Like, here are some new things about me that you don't know. <laughs> when I first got really sick, uh, it was 2014, 2015, I fell into a really, really deep depression that year and started having a lot of doubts about God. When I've been in seasons of really bad depression, I've also noticed the enemy bringing lots of doubt into my mind about God. Mm -hmm. When I went through that really bad depression, for some reason, I had all these friends who were coming to me with like really serious questions about Christianity. Like, how do we know that this is true if there are all these people in the world who have never heard about Jesus? How can we say that this is the only way to be saved if all of these people will will never hear i got that question from like three different people in one week and i'm not exaggerating and other questions and i really don't know why people were coming to me with them but i think just going through so much doubt and such a low time in my life i mean i couldn't read i couldn't stay awake for anything and this was the beginning of the illness. So I just, I was actually doing better than I was, would be in the next three years. But I got to a point where I told myself, you know, I'm not sure if all of this is true anymore. And I told God, you know what, God, I'm just not going to believe in you anymore. And I'm going to try that for three days and see how it goes. <laughs> um, so... I started that, like I went to sleep and then I woke up the next day, the day, day one of the three that I wasn't going to believe. And uh, immediately I realized, like I started praying and I realized, what am I doing? I'm not supposed to be praying. Um, <laughs> and 
<laughs> and then I went through, you know, the first half of my day kind of angry. And then halfway through the day, I found myself praying again. I'm like, why am I praying? I don't, I don't believe. And I just kept finding myself like going to God with, with needs. I mean, it's just like, I think believers, you know, that verse, it's like, be constant in prayer. Like when you're going through your day and you come across something, it's just like a constant like communication to God. So I found I couldn't cut that off because, and the reason I found I couldn't cut it off is because I really believed there wasn't a way for me to stop believing. It didn't pull me out of the depression or the doubt, Mm -hmm. but I kind of realized I really believe this. Later that year, the depression was still going on. I slept for about three days straight during winter break and then ended up going to the Passion Conference in Atlanta. I didn't really want to go, but I'd already committed to going with my friends on a road trip to go there. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I had to go. So I got out of bed and I went. I didn't really expect anything to happen because I was just not doing well. And I was still kind of in this doubting place with God. But there was a moment where there was a moment during the conference where the speaker asked people to stand up if they, I don't remember the question he asked, but he asked, you know, if you're blah, 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 stand up. And so I saw this girl stand up across the arena and there are like 20,000 people in the arena. So I have no idea who she was, but it's kind of like a time marker for me in my mind. When I saw her stand up, I saw like the top of the arena, just like a little pizza that roll back. Mm-hmm. And it looked like a bunch of clouds and a lot of light, like so bright. And I just felt like for an instant, like a tiny little bit and probably had, it had to be a tiny little bit because I otherwise would have not been able to handle it. But it felt like an amazing amount of God's power and glory. Mm -hmm. And just like, it was so strong that all of a sudden my doubts didn't matter. Like I didn't get an answer to all of them, but it just was like, God's presence was so real and so strong that I couldn't, it almost just, that just didn't matter anymore. So that was probably only like half a second, but it felt like longer. And I know that the arena didn't open because I asked my friends and they said they didn't see anything. I just share that because I've experienced God in some really powerful ways like that but that's not how I usually experience God you know it's not like he's always opening like some portal to heaven or something but like that is like a really amazing picture of God being gracious Hmm. because after that moment about it took about two weeks and then I just like over the course of the next two weeks God used that to kind of pull me out of the depression and pull me out of the doubt that I was in for that season. And I've really held on to that, especially now where it's about six years later and I'm going through a very similar time of depression and of doubt. And so I'm holding on to that memory and of, of God's presence. One way I saw God before getting sick was God as my provider. I could depend on God. He's so faithful. He is strong and has a purpose. And I felt that very strongly. I just knew because I saw him come through. I saw him provide electricity when we didn't have money for the bills. I saw him provide a place for us to live when I felt like I didn't know what was going to happen. And of course, like All of that was through the eyes of like a 13-year-old, 14-year-old, 15-year-old, 16. So perhaps my parents knew what was going on. For me, I saw God's hand in it. But during college, when I got really sick, God started to really present himself to me as a healer. 
During, during those four years, it got to the point where I was no longer just experiencing extreme fatigue. I would, for hours at a time, not be able to breathe well. I would not be able to move my arms or my legs. I basically would be paralyzed for several hours. And it would happen out of nowhere. Like I would be sitting and all of a sudden just start to feel like this heaviness in my head. I felt like I was made out of lead or like some sort of like really solid metal. Like I couldn't move. I couldn't even move my eyes sometimes. And I couldn't talk because I couldn't breathe well. So it was very isolating. And I had friends who were amazing and would like carry me to the bathroom and would help me sit up in my bed or lift my head for me. But it was scary and really caused me to question like, is this really happening or is it just me? And so during those four years, there was a lot of struggle with on and off depression, with going to doctors and not getting answers and seeing my parents get really worried, my friends getting worried. But but I saw God do things like, you know, if I was supposed, one Sunday I was supposed to sing at church I was sitting in the service. It was time to go back on stage to sing the last few songs. And I could not, like, I was feeling like that was starting to happen to me. Like I was about to have that paralysis attack. Mm -hmm. And I just like prayed for the Lord to give me the strength to do it. He basically said, like, just get up and go do it. And he gave me the ability to do that. And I can't tell you how many times he did that during those four years. You know, there are a lot of times in the Bible where he's healing somebody. And honestly, it doesn't really, what he's doing doesn't really seem like really miraculous, magical stuff, like spitting in dirt and stuff like that. And then like putting his hands on somebody's eyes or whatever. But he usually tells them after he does whatever thing he does, to just get up or like to just do something and you think that we would feel different before like we do that but usually I never felt different and I I think that's kind of what the point is is like kind of walking in faith that like when God says he he's going to give us strength that he just does and we just walk in that so if I can just share one more story about that. There are a million more stories, but okay. yeah. <laughs> the name of my EP is called Strength Again. If I had to give a name to the season of life that I have been in since 2014, it would be Strength Again. Mm-hmm. I think when all that stuff happened in high school, middle school, beginning college, I got to a point where I felt extremely solid in my faith. I felt like the Lord had me. 2013 to 2014 was like one of the best years of my life. First year of college, everything was great. Mm-hmm. Felt very solid. But ever since then, you know, lots of stuff have happened where not only have I had to see God as my provider, but I've had to see God as my healer and my father and just so many things that he has like had to really not just give me the gift of faith that I think I had in high school, but help me to like actually have more faith. I like really have faith. And so that song strength again came from the time when I was doing the, the Arabon urban songwriting internship. I wrote it during our songwriting time when I was actually having one of those like mini paralysis issues. I was laying on the floor because I couldn't sit up at my keyboard to write the song. I knew I was supposed to be doing something and I couldn't play and I couldn't sing. So I asked the Lord, like, please, would you please give me lyrics to write a song for this church? Like, what do you want to say to this church community? because we were supposed to be writing for the church, East End Fellowship. 
I kind of sat there. I couldn't write or anything, but I felt the Lord telling me the phrase hollowed out to the roots. And so I went with that. That was kind of how I started the song. When I finally got to one of the last versions, I was stuck. I couldn't finish it. And there was that summer, 2016, a series of shootings um, that happened. One of them was the Alton Sterling shooting. And I remember watching that video of that happening and just being completely in shock. And I realized that the song was not just about physical healing, like God give us physical strength, but that what people in my community at that time needed to hear was also like, we just need strength, period. Like this is terrible. And it's like, this could happen to us. This could happen to any of us. So that's kind of what helped me finish the song was kind of like broadening this like physical, taking it from a physical strength to like, we need you to just fortify us in so many ways, God. That's where that song came from. And it came, it literally was a song. You know, it says in, it's in Corinthians and I think it's in second Corinthians, but Paul writes how in our weakness, the Lord's strength is made perfect. He gave me a song about strength in my moment of weakness where I literally couldn't move. I actually forgot to say this earlier, but during my second week of college, I was in a worship service and I felt like the Lord was telling me very clearly, I'm going to make you weak. And I heard it like three times. He kind of told me in advance that all this stuff was going to happen. And every time I got a little sicker, I kept thinking, oh, okay, this is it. (laughs) It's just like been thing after thing after thing. He's healed. He's brought a lot of physical healing. The Lord actually healed me of that chronic illness in 2018, February 2018. So it's been three years Hmm. this month. It was one of those things that happened kind of unknown to a lot of people because it wasn't this big spectacular like show. It was literally three people praying for me at church one day when I started to feel like that was coming on. Over the course of a couple weeks after that, like it was no longer a problem. So there was definitely a lot of spiritual strangeness going on. It wasn't just physical. It was a lot of the enemy attacking me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of why the prayer was important mm-hmm. um, to have people praying over me to kind of lift that. It was actually so intense that um, the per- first person who prayed was like, I need a couple other people to pray with me. I can't just pray mm-hmm. by myself. That was physical healing. And kind of after that happened, the last three years of my life have been a lot of emotional healing from the past with my family and from stuff with the illness in college. And I've found a lot of, a lot of comfort in the Lord. He's my comforter. I've gone to prayer counseling and gone to regular counseling. I didn't let myself feel anything for so many years. It just kind of all got stuffed in me. Yeah, that's that story. And there is more to the story of strength again, because now it's kind of happening all over again in a new way. Yeah, the the origin of strength again, the the way that it's shaping itself in this album. I've got the lyrics to the chorus that you sent and the update and it. We are hollowed out to the roots, but planted by the water, we will find strength again. And here's what I really love about not just that, but what you shared. You know, I think one of our big problems as Christians is we create this expectation on ourselves and on others of what being a Christian has to look like, which is everything is good. Everything is fixed. You know, you're happy, smiling. And if you're the opposite of any of that, if you're sad, if you're depressed, if you have doubt, then something's wrong with you or your faith isn't legitimate or 
And sometimes that's more of an internal journey, which causes us to sink into ourselves or put on a front to others, which then perpetuates it because then others see everyone else looking like they're doing fine, but I'm wrestling with doubt. So what's wrong with me? What I love about the vulnerability that you've shared in this episode thus far and in, um, in your music is it what it communicates is um, the authenticity of what it means to be a Christian, but also the authenticity of who God is. That even when you were sad, God was still with you. When you were depressed, God was with you. God was still with you when you looked at him and said, hey, I'm not going to believe in you for three days, right? There was nothing that you could do that would make God stop loving you. But we have these detrimental expectations that cause us to hide what's really going on within us, to disguise it, to reframe it, to reject it, instead of acknowledging the reality that we are broken people in broken world, trying to make sense of an incomprehensible God that we're not going to be able to do just in the course of a day or a week or a year. It takes a lifetime. It's a lifetime journey of learning who God is. And you just said it like, you know, you had this season of doubt that a few months ago, you, you're like, I could have had one answer then, but now I feel like I'm back in and <laughs> hit those moments and feel like, well, ugh, I must not have gotten the point or I must have missed it or I must have messed up. When in reality, no, like you're kind of just leveling up to the next level of God really showing who that is. So yeah, I do. I, I would love to hear, you know, what you want to share about this specific time and, mm -hmm. you know, and how the song and album plays into that. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. It's a process. One of the things that I've learned in prayer counseling, especially, is that healing is kind of like peeling back layers of an onion. It's just layers. I've, I've had to work a lot through abandonment issues. Mm. I might pray through something and feel like a lot of peace. And like, I'm doing a lot better. It's not as much of an issue. And then a year later, something happens. And suddenly I'm there's that whole thing is triggered all over again. And it doesn't mean that I wasn't like, God didn't heal me. It just means that there's like more to heal. Yeah. Once I got that and understood that I was like, okay, so, you know, you don't just have like, it's not like you have a testimony. It's just our whole life is like a series of little like testimonies of where we're seeing God show up. And that's one of the reasons I like your podcast is because like, it's just people talking about where they are at that point in their life. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they share about more than that, like their life growing up or, or leading up to that point, kind of like I've shared today, but like, we're all on the journey and then if you maybe talk with that person in five years mm -hmm. they're probably going to share like how maybe what god was doing back then like he did even more of that yeah. strength again has come up in my life in a new way the last year so i started working on this album back in 2019 when i finally got up the courage to make it a reality <laughs> the whole thing is sprinkled <laughs> With spiritual attack, which yeah. sounds like a really funny sentence, but that's probably the best way I can describe it. Mm -hmm. It hasn't only, you know, been the enemy attacking. And that's, that's kind of the main thing I want to say here, because this is about the podcast is about where did you see God? And I, every time God led me to do something, he would show up when I actually did it. Mm -hmm. So like, when I actually made that GoFundMe, you know, I made it probably like 11 p.m. at night one day. I woke up the next morning and somebody had donated $1,000 to my EP. The person who gave to my EP, I made the GoFundMe, but I hadn't posted it anywhere. I hadn't, I hadn't put it on Facebook. I hadn't sent out an email with the link. Nobody knew that I'd made it. Well, turns out this person, one of our mutual friends, saw that I'd put an, a video on my YouTube 
which by the way, at the time I probably had like six subscribers. Right. So like my one friend who <laughs> subscribed to my YouTube saw that I'd posted a new video and she posted that on her Facebook. Wow. And one of our mutual friends saw it and decided, I guess within a few hours that they were going to give a thousand dollars to my EP. Wow. So while I was sleeping, God was doing something. I mean, he just has done stuff like that. This whole, this whole journey. Like every time I take a step of faith, he does something. The counter, you know, the counterbalance has been that every time I work towards taking that step of faith, I have been attacked a lot spiritually. The days that we went into record, we went into record November, 2020, that went great. The day after we recorded, I went into my room. I was feeling like God was giving me a new song, like a surprise song to like be a transition song for the EP. So I went into my closet to get my microphone, reaching into my closet, accidentally like pulled the curtain with me under my arm. The curtain rod fell on my head and I got a concussion and I was out for like a week. It wasn't, it was, it wasn't the worst concussion you can get, but I literally couldn't do anything. It was a pretty bad thing to get if you're trying to record an album. (laughs) Yeah. Then the week after that, that might be like, okay, it was a fluke, but we postponed the recording out another additional week. The day after we recorded, Nick and I were driving up to Northern Virginia and we were on 95. There was a slowdown and we started braking. The person behind us did not brake. They just kept driving straight into us. It totaled my car. Thankfully, Nick was fine. He didn't have any injuries. I got pretty bad whiplash, um, but other than that, I was okay. I had headaches for a month and this was just after the concussion. So I got the concussion and got in this accident. In the midst of all of that, somebody hacked all of my accounts. (laughs) (laughs) Like every account that I have was hacked. Um, not to mention like this whole journey has been in the middle of COVID. Yeah. It has been extremely isolating and kind of before COVID actually had switched churches and was trying to find a new church. Uh, so I was in that process the month before COVID started, COVID hit this area. And so I don't really have even right now, many friends in the area and it's just been a very isolating time. I've gotten really, really bad seasonal depression this year, which I think has been heightened by the fact that we're all inside in quarantine. There's been a lot of family things that have happened and without a car and with COVID, you know, it's harder to see your family and have to be really cautious. And so I think just like there's been extreme, the depression, I have to say, is the worst part of the whole thing. It's got, it got really, really bad, very, very bad this winter. So trying to make the album in the whole pro in this whole like cloudy disaster has been really bad. The other thing I forgot to say was before I went in to record. So like in the the spring when we were working on arrangements, Mm -hmm. I got sciatica for about two months. It was, it was just pain every day. Then I ended up getting muscle spasms, um, which I still deal with and I still have back issues. So I basically, I I developed just chronic back issues that I now have. I actually was getting treatment for that when I got the concussion and then the car accident. So just, it's been like all this health stuff, all the mental health stuff. In the midst of depression, when you're depressed, you don't feel like doing anything. You don't feel like even getting out of your bed. What turned some of this around, one way that I saw God in it was, you know, I mentioned when I did take steps of faith, God would show up. One of those things is writing these newsletters. People would respond with so much encouragement. When I hadn't even sent a newsletter or anything, 
you know, there have been times where people donated again, very generous amounts. One of the other blessings was my dad decided he wanted to help me fundraise by doing fundraiser dinners. My dad is not a Christian and he knows I'm making this like Christian music, but he decided, well, he's a professional chef. So he decided I'm going to do these dinners for you and people can come and they can donate whatever they want. And we'll put that towards the EP. So I got to spend really amazing time with my dad. That was a huge blessing. Another big thing was just realizing that like, the song strength again, that I'm going through that all over again in a, in a new way where I'm realizing like these doubts that I'm having this time around the depression, the loneliness, the everything that's going on. I'm really experiencing the hollowed out to the roots all over again, but I know I'm going to be okay because I'm planted by the water, which is, it it talks about this in Jeremiah 17, seven through eight. It's like a tree that's planted by the water. It's like, you're not worried about when the winter comes or you're not worried about drought because the Lord is going to provide for you. And when you're planted by the water, you're going to go through difficult times, but there's always going to be a source of life for you that's kind of where I'm at all over again. And I'm still in this difficult season. I'm still having back issues. I'm still going through depression. I'm still working through doubts. I still don't have a community. I'm still trying to figure out which church to go to, but I know it's going to be okay. It's like just faith, just try to have faith. So I decided to name the album Strength Again. All of the songs on it relate to that theme. It applies to people who are going through chronic illness and mental illness. It applies to people who aren't even dealing with illness, but maybe they just are having a really difficult time in their life. That's the second half, I guess, of what the Strength Again story is. And kind of, it's really been my story before I even knew that's what was going to happen really appreciate you sharing because the last minute, right, is what I really hope people hear. Because again, it presses against our belief that a testimony is supposed to be, I was this and then I, now I'm this and everything's good. And But you're talking in the present tense. I am still feeling depression. I am still working through doubts. I'm still, that place is what so often keeps us from sharing like you've shared. And it also keeps us from taking a step, getting up and walking. Like you're demonstrating really well that passage. When you were describing Jesus and healing, that sometimes it wasn't even that he did this grand thing, but like the biggest part was he said, all right, get up and walk. Like what I loved is it captured this image of like a dichotomy where you have to balance the reality of where you are with the invitation from Christ. And the invitation from Christ often comes without everything you would need to actually do that. So I think standing up and walking is a beautiful example because what we know as people medically is if you have some injury that has kept you from walking, you know you have at least six months before you can walk again because you have to build back strength. You have to build the muscles back up. So if the doctor comes in after your legs have atrophied and says, stand up and walk, you cannot do it. You cannot physically do it. And here comes Jesus asking us to do things that we can't physically do. We can't emotionally do. We can't mentally do. We have no capacity. We have these moments where we, we have nothing. We are hollowed out to the roots. And yet Jesus says, cool, stand up and walk. And so we have to, it's that dichotomy. We have to balance. I know the situation I'm in. I can be honest about the situation I'm in. And I also am learning who Jesus is. And I'm going to choose the crazy (laughs) over what makes sense and see what happens. And you mentioned it many times, and we have to remind ourselves that doesn't mean that everything gets fixed. And yet, what you and I have experienced, and so many of others experienced, when we actually do take that step, even if things aren't fixed, somehow we see God glorified. Somehow we experience God. And the more that happens, the more we realize 
that the goal of fixing things was actually never the right goal in the first place. I mean, you look at Jesus's life, you look at the apostles' life, the disciples' lives, like their lives functionally like weren't fixed. It got worse. They got killed. <laughs> and yet Paul says, I've learned the secret to being content in all situations. And that secret is he stopped trying to fix things or be certain things. And he started living as though Christ was first and foremost, seek first the kingdom and everything else will follow. And so I am really grateful, one, that you were willing to share when you could have very easily said, uh, you know, I'll share one day, but I'm not ready to share yet because the story's not done yet, right? Like, you're, you're like, nope, the story is being written. And so I'm going to share it now. So I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate that you're writing this album because like you listed this whole assortment of, of things that happen. That's hard enough if you're trying to record an album and all these things are happening. What you didn't really press into, but I know is true, is you're not just recording an album like about cats playing in a field. Like you are, <laughs> what you're doing is it's you're being a spiritual leader. Like you're taking a role of spiritual leadership, you are presenting spiritual content and there is there can be a pressure and a weight and a lot of fear and intimidation around that. Put another way, I imagine you had many moments that you were like, who am I to write these songs? Who am I to sing these songs? Who am I to present these out? Because I don't feel spiritual right now. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I think about God right now. That is an incredibly hard thing to do. It is an incredibly hard thing to do when you are trying to be authentic. And this is why what you're doing is so beautiful is because you are presenting exactly what needs to be presented. You are, you're saying, look, I am hollowed out to the roots, <laughs> but I, I really believe that my roots are connected to the water and I don't know how this is going to work out, but I'm going to choose to believe it. Even though I keep on getting hit and hit and hit and hit, I believe that there will be strength again. And what is going to happen <laughs> Cause I got to hear a glimpse of that song and it is amazing. <laughs> like <laughs> I was not ready for the orchestral music. I was like, yeah, <laughs> like somebody is going to listen to that. And instead of hearing a song where it's like, we are already strong. God has made us the best. We are fantastic. Right? Like instead <laughs> of that, they are going to hear somebody singing very genuinely something that they are feeling, but didn't know how to express, that they are feeling, but felt like they couldn't express, that they are feeling and were scared to express. They're gonna hear you saying, I am a hollowed out to the roots. And they're gonna say, yes. And then they're gonna hear you say, but there'll be strength again. And they're like, really, <laughs> right? They're gonna have the same moment that you had when you felt alone and your friends were the Northern Virginia Christian station. <laughs> and and like was gonna repeat, right? Because there is going to be someone who hears that, that something is uh, just sparked within them like it was sparked within you and 10 years from now you know who knows maybe i'm maybe i'm still doing this podcast and they come on they're like i listened to this album by sarah labrini and it met me <laughs> right like but here's the beautiful thing is like i know those kind of things would end up encouraging you but i also know that's not what you're doing it for like that's very clear from what you shared you're not doing this for the acclaim i imagine that you are aware that you could put all of this time and effort into the album and you might not see 90% of the fruit that comes from it. And you do that because you know it's not about you. That's about God's glory. And so I want you to know that I, I see that, that I hear your heart and even more, I hear God's heart in and through your heart. Even in the midst of all this, like I can see who God is within you and how he's coming through you. And so I'm deeply excited for whoever hears this episode, but I'm deeply excited for the album. Our strength is gone, our soil dry. Keep us at your river and we will thrive. We are planted by the water so we can grow. A new hope, a new faith, a new strength.
What you just heard was a small piece of Sarah's album, Strength Again. I don't know about you, but I found that to be an incredible piece of music, not just orchestrally, but lyrically. If you want to learn more about her album, you can go to www.sarahlabrini.com, S-A-R-A-H-L-A-B-R-I-N-Y.com. I'll also put those links in the description. Hollowed out to the roots, but planted by the water, we will find strength again. If you're like me, there have been many moments in your life when you have felt hollowed out to the roots. And when you feel hollowed out, you don't know what can possibly bring you back. I love Sarah's story because there have been so many moments where she was hollowed out to the roots, but instead of breaking, God gave her strength again and again and again. And even right now, in the season of doubt and depression and hurt and physical pain, she knows that God will bring strength again. And the same God that brings her strength again is the same God that will bring you strength again. Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8 says this, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him, They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. If you are feeling hollow right now, God will give you strength again. But this is the important piece that I want you to hear. I want you to hear it from Sarah's story. I want you to hear it in my words now. And I want you to know that it is true in your life that this isn't just about you having strength again. Earlier in the episode, we talked about 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. This is the point. God loves you so much that he does want to comfort you and bring strength again, but he wants abundantly more than you can ask or imagine. So it's not just about your comfort. It's not just about your strength. What God is doing is that when he comforts you and gives you strength again, he is going to position you to comfort others with the comfort that you have received. It's exponential. It goes farther than you. There are Christian artists out there that don't know how much their music meant to Sarah, the impact that their music had on her life. And there will be people who will listen to Sarah's music and she will never know the impact that her music had on their life. But what she does know, that it's not her. That's not her music. It's not her lyrics. She knows everything that she puts out there is from God because of his love. And she is simply being a vessel for that. So she doesn't need to know the fruit of all of this work. She just needs to know, is she stepping in such a way that she's seeking God's glory? And she is. And there's going to be a huge impact. Whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you're experiencing, no matter how hollow you feel, there is a God that knows you deeply, that loves you deeply, and that is already the water running beside your roots. It's already happening. And even if you feel hollow again in five years, 10 years, God is the same God. He is still God and still good. And he is doing something abundantly more than you can ask or imagine. He's not trying to get you some comfortable, normal, good life. He wants to give you abundantly more than you can ask or imagine. What he wants is for us to know and experience full life. And that full life is available to you today. So. No matter what you're experiencing today, no matter how low or unspiritual you may feel, 
take a moment to consider if God may actually be the water running by you. If he may actually be positioning himself to give you strength again. Look for it. And then ask yourself, where did you see God? Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Where Did You See God podcast. And I would love for your stories to be a part of it as well. So there are a number of ways that you can do that. You can check out our Facebook page at Where Did You See God podcast. You can go to anchor.fm slash Where Did You See God, or you can leave a brief voice message at 804-372-3836. I would love to hear your stories. And if the stories you've heard have encouraged you, Uh, Think of someone else who could be encouraged as well and share it with them. The music you've been listening to is You'll Walk, You'll Run by Urban Doxology. They are a solid group and you will love listening to the rest of the music. So check them out. And as always, as you go through your day, ask yourself, where did you see God?